0: Hey, everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo, and dark times right now for the New York Mets, Anthony, as they uh, fall into third place after Sunday, and I didn't know if I'd hear this this season, swept by the Braves. That just doesn't sound good next to your team. Uh, one hit on Sunday by Julio Tehran, who is a good pitcher, but maybe not the type of pitcher you expect to throw a one-hit shutout. Um, And it seems like we're getting to the point where where something's going to have to happen with this team. Some moves are going to need to be made, uh, because Terry Collins in his postgame on Sunday just kind of seemed like he had seen enough.
1: Yeah, and I don't blame him. I mean, this is a team that was obviously expected to be one of the best in the National League, and for most of April, even into May, they were. Um, so it, it really is a bit of a falling off of a cliff for the Mets, and uh, it's actually still fascinating to me how, how much this season is mirroring last year when I got out to a great start and then sort of tumbled away and couldn't hit for long stretches at a time in May, June, and July. And towards the end of July, obviously the Mets made the move that they made. They acquired UNS and Cespedes and some other pieces and took off from there. Uh, well, this team doesn't seem like it's willing to wait that long this time around. Uh, They have a much better or at least a much uh, more committed national team uh, up ahead of them. Six games right now in the NL East and uh, that's going to make life a lot more difficult than it was last year uh, if and when this Mets team does make a charge. So I thought Terry Collins' comments were telling. I thought Jeff Wilpon's comments at a charity event on Monday night were telling, saying, look, trade deadline's four or six weeks from now. Uh, We don't want to wait that long. We want to make moves now. Now it's a matter of what moves can the Mets make and how quickly can they make them?
0: Yeah, and telling, too, from Wilpon, because he's just not a guy that really talks about the team. I mean, he's the type of owner that you really don't hear from as far as stuff going on the field. I don't think he had spoken about the team really since since last October, but he came out and, and he spoke Monday night when asked. So something's going to happen. Obviously, Travis Darnot comes back from the DL here. Um, how much can he help? I mean, he's... He's what he is. He's a guy that's supposed to be a starter, and suddenly you get one of those guys back. It has to have some sort of lift.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he can stay on the field, it should be a lift. Uh, If for no other reason than offensively, the Mets were getting nothing from their catchers. I mean, nothing at all. Uh, Rene Rivera is a nice piece for this team and had done some really nice things defensively, uh, calling games, helping some of these young pitchers along, throwing out base runners. But offensively, he wasn't adding much. And Kevin Ploiecki, who for a lot of this season, was given kind of free reign at the position, given an opportunity to succeed, uh, really did not do that. He didn't seize that chance. um, So I expect he'll be going back down to the minors today. Um, Bring in Travis Darno. Of course, on paper, it makes a difference. This is an offensive-minded catcher. Uh, That's why they coveted him for so long in the R.A. Dickey trade uh, coming up through the minors. Uh, For him, it's always been a matter of health. And when he's been on the field, he has more or less produced so i I do think it'll make a difference but again right now you're talking about one guy for an offense where pretty much nothing is clicking right now um so is he the difference between a team that's lost so many games and has fallen at the third place and a team that's about ready to make a run at the nationals and a first place no i think they need more than that it's a start Uh, but it's not everything just
0: yet. Yeah, and they don't just have the Nationals to worry about it. You mentioned it, a team that falls into third place. The Marlins uh, and Giancarlo Stanton had a home run last night. Here come the Marlins. They're going to be a dangerous team as well. We go back to Collins and and the shakeup, and that can mean different things. Obviously, at some point, maybe this team is going to make a move. But as far as within the organization, are we about ready to, to maybe see one of these guys come up, a Brandon Nimmo, to see what he can do at the major league level?
1: Well, there have certainly been calls for Brandon Nimmo, and uh, I understand why. I get it. Uh, He fits a lot of – he checks a lot of different boxes for this Mets team. Uh, He's a guy who has shown now uh, the ability in the upper minors to get on base, um, which is something that the front office certainly covets. Um, He's shown an ability to hit. He's shown an ability to play center field in various outfield positions. So all of that is well and good. Um, But I think a lot of people point to Michael Conforto last year and how he came up and had some – immediate success as justification for just anyone being able to do it. Well, I don't think the Mets feel quite the same way about Brandon Nimmo. Um, He wasn't quite the polished product that Michael Conforto was when he was drafted coming through. And and I do think this Mets team fears, uh, as they did with Conforto to a certain extent, fears Brandon Nimmo coming up and falling flat a little bit and then having to go back down to the minors and work out the kinks down there. I, I think They very much want, with all of these guys, as they've said with uh, so many of these prospects, even the young pitchers who are coming up, when we call them up, we want them up to stay. Um, Now, they might ultimately make that leap with Brandon Nemo, as they did with Conforto, if they become that desperate. But uh, I think more likely you're going to see this team turn outside the organization, whether it's uh, a signing. Uh, yulieski Goriel is very interesting at third base for the Mets, Uh, whether it's a trade for someone like Danny Valencia. Um, whether it's uh, Jose Reyes, uh, who the Mets are talking talking about getting involved with once he becomes a free agent this weekend. So there are different avenues they can go, and while Brandon Nimmo is intriguing, I'm not sure he's the move they're going to make right now.
0: You said Jose Reyes, and it seems like something changed uh, because we talked on the podcast last week, and, and it seemed like the thought was no, no interest there from the Mets. Um, is this just one more week of not being able to hit the baseball and struggling that desperate times call for desperate measures, or are they, were they just kind of guarding themselves early on in the process? Because now it sounds like they're at least somewhat taking this seriously.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's a little bit of desperation uh, from a Mets team that isn't necessarily in love with the idea of a reunion with Jose Reyes, even though many Mets fans are. Um, but a couple of things are at play here. One is the whole public relations aspect, acquiring uh, a guy who was involved in a domestic issue, and that opens a whole can of worms that in a perfect world, you don't want to open. No team wants to open. Now, two... There's a little matter of Jose Reyes hasn't been all that productive recently when he has played. He didn't have a great year last year, obviously hasn't faced major league pitching at all this year, so you would be taking a little bit of a risk there. And three, he plays a position that the Mets is really the one area in which they haven't had issues, is up the middle in the infield. Asdrubal Cabrera has been great for the Mets, Neil Walker has been great for the Mets. It's everywhere else that they're having problems. So. Uh, given all three of those things, I think the Mets looked at it initially and said, eh, this really isn't a great fit. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but now, like you said, they've become a little more desperate. They've lost a few more games. They've fallen further out of first place. And they're looking at it with a different set of eyes, through a different lens. Uh, they see a guy with a strong arm who's athletic, who could probably move around, play different spots on the infield. Uh, he hasn't played third base since he was a teenager, but the Mets are interested to see if he could play that position. Um, offensively, you never know. This guy was once a multi-time all-star. The Mets are well aware of that. He served their franchise well over the years. And uh, I do think there's a little bit of intrigue uh, at a place where all those other options I mentioned for the infield are imperfect in their own ways. Here's one who would come essentially for free. Uh, Why not overturn that stone and see if there's anything there and see if this is the guy who might be able to unlock a little bit of what he was in the past and, and help your team?
0: We should end this podcast on a a positive note. I feel like we've been a little dark here, a little negative with this team. But uh, Noah Syndergaard, Anthony, in his last start, seems like the development just continues. He almost got that complete game, eight and a third innings, uh, and it seemed like everybody wanted him to get it, get that shutout. Uh, He didn't quite get there, but he's now gone from this guy that, that throws hard strikes a ton of guys out to a guy that can go the distance in a game.
1: Yeah, he's an ace. I mean, that's the best way to put it. And I was actually asking a couple weeks back some of the guys in the Mets clubhouse about that concept of being an ace because some people will say that every team has one. Uh, People will just throw that word around. Um, And other people, myself included, I think there's maybe five, six, seven aces in the entire league. Um, And I asked the Mets if Noah Syndergaard had graduated to that level where he was one of those guys. You don't even have to think about it. You just say he's an ace And A couple weeks ago, you know, some people, these are his teammates, were a little hesitant to to say that, only because his track record is so small and uh, as dominant as he's been, you need to show it for a longer period of time. Well, he's doing that now. And it's every five games he's going out there and and becoming uh, essentially this unhittable pitcher. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does tonight. I think the Mets have supreme confidence in him and, and certainly could use another huge ace-like start from Noah Syndergaard.
0: Yeah, an ace needs to be a stopper, and that's exactly what the Mets need right now. We'll see how that goes, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week on on this very podcast. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DiComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.